Hello everyone, I'm Dominic Corella, currently a senior journalism major at Quinnipiac University with a sports studies minor. This is my podcast for my journalism capstone Q&N, where I will be talking about the legalization of sports gambling. Uh, for those of you that don't know what sports gambling is, I will be talking about that. I'll be talking about how you can wager legally and even illegally. Um, talk about the legalization of different um, platforms in different states like DraftKings, uh, FanDuel, BetMGM, and so on and so forth. I'm going to be talking about how this affects a person's mental health, everyday life, um, family, relations, work life, so much uh, fun stuff to dive into. And I'm going to be talking about some um, sit-down interviews that I had with some um, pretty cool people such as um, a former NYPD cop. Uh, a funeral director, some gamblers themselves, and even a, psych- a psychot- psychiatrist excuse me, in the field. So um, to get right into it, I want to talk about what sports gambling is briefly for those people that don't know. Sports gambling is something that anyone um, that is over the age of 21 can gamble at the comfort of their own home, uh, local casino, uh, phone app. You know, it, It's really become a market where it's re- very accessible from very different places. So sports gambling is something where you can, if you're watching your favorite team, you're watching a random football game on a Sunday, random baseball game on a Wednesday, whatever it may be, um, you can get in on the action by betting on a certain team to win, uh, a certain game total, or a certain player to do something. There are endless possibilities. Um, you could take just one team or one player or one certain outcome, a correct score of a game, uh, or you could parlay with things together, which is where you take one or more to increase your odds. So for example, if you bet on just one team like the New York Yankees to win and their odds are plus 100, you might throw $20 to win $20. But if you take the Yankees, the Red Sox, and the Mets, you could throw $20, potentially win 80. So your odds do get worse, but it increases your chances and adds a little more excitement to win a little more money for your $20. Uh, There's other things also like teasers where you can buy down lines uh, and your odds will get worse. But you, your chances of winning, your odds on the line, excuse me, will get worse. But if you add more than one thing together, it's similar to a parlay. Your chances of winning are better in the long run. You just need more outcomes to happen. Um, sports gambling has really brought more eyes to the sports. Um, sports in general, there's not a lot of people that would tune in maybe to a four o'clock game with the Dolphins play the Jaguars. Um, but if you have $50 on the Jaguars to cover six and a half points, that game might become more intriguing for you. Um, in 2021, a statistic I wanted to share is there was $57 billion wagered in sports gambling. Let me repeat that. $57 billion wagered in 2021, and that was just with 11 states being legalized. Today, as we sit here, there are 32 states that have legalized sports gambling. And I've always said to my family and friends, this is just a market that is inevitable. Um, it will be legalized in all 50 states, my guess is within the next year. Um, and it's just, it's an account, it's a part of the economy that is growing and just taking over. Um, you just see so much as we watch sports nowadays, there are so many ads on the ice and hockey arenas, um, on umpires behind home plate and baseball on basketball players, jerseys, uh, whether it be FanDuel. Uh, whether it be a crypto that is tied to sports gambling or another platform such as DraftKings or BetMGM or Connecticut Sugar House here in Connecticut. Um, so it's really, it is a driving factor of the economy and we will be talking about that more. Um, as someone gambles, there is a lot of money exchanging hands, whether it be legally or illegally. 
And let me talk a little bit more about the illegal side since I've been touching upon it a lot. So illegally, there are a lot of sites that are called offshore sites. And the way that works is someone that is called a bookie, which is illegal. Um, There are no um, rules or laws that regulate illegal betting in the United States. Um, It is all federal crime. um, And I don't recommend it for anyone. Uh, So how that works is someone will go on a site, a betting site, they will pay a price um, per head, it's called PPH, price per head, and it usually ranges from $5 to $10, so if someone has uh, 50 players under them, they pay $10 a head, they're paying $500 a month for that site to host their players. So their players will log on to the site, and they can do the same thing essentially that they do on DraftKings and FanDuel, and the benefit for these players is, is they're given a credit. So they might be given $100 credit a week, $500 credit a week, 1000 credit a week, etc. As high as they want, and it depends how big of a player they are, their relationship with the bookie. And the, the benefit of this, what the credit is, you don't have to put the money in first. So you don't have to log on to FanDuel or DraftKings and deposit $500. You know, you don't have to deposit $500 and then throw $100 in this game, $100 in that game. But this way, you can go onto the site throw $100. If you lose, you're down 100. You have all week to make it back, you know, and then you can chase your losses, which becomes another thing. Now, there are more cons that that know that sounds positive, but there are a lot of cons that come with that pro. Um, You know, maybe someone runs up a credit limit and they're down 20 grand at the end of the week or five grand, $500, something, an amount that they can't pay in front their bookie at the end of the week, whether they're handing them cash or Venmoing them or cash apping them, whatever the payment method that the two of them have set up may be. So that creates a problem where we have a situation where this person who's owed this money goes after the person and then law enforcement gets involved and people end up getting hurt. And it just creates a lot of uncomfortable and unsafe scenarios. And that's why, um, Basically, the United States is trying to drive all this offshore action out because there really is no spot for it anymore. Um, You know, there are so many great different platforms that anyone can access to. It's way more responsible. The money's watched by the government. The money is taxed. It shows up on your W-2s, your I-99s, etc. And there's really, there's no fear. There's no reason to participate in these offshore um, accounts. So that is what an offshore bookie is. Now, diving a little more into the um, professional scene, um, we've seen a lot of teams pick up sponsorships from these uh, platforms. Like I mentioned before, BetMGM, uh, Connecticut Play Sugar House, um, WinBet, FanDuel, DraftKings. There are so many different platforms for people to go on. Uh, Caesars, you know, some certain platforms are only legal in specific states as they're still working on um, legal things behind the scenes. But backtracking to the professional scene, so a lot of athletes, we do see gamble, we see rappers, musicians, uh, celebrities, you know, it, it's an activity where the odds are stacked against you. Um, I always am a firm believer in the house always wins, uh, whether it be a table game or um, a sports book. So let me give you a good example of why the odds are always stacked against you. So let's talk about, we'll use the New York Yankees as an example. Let's say the Yankees are playing the Red Sox and you want to bet on the Yankees to win. Um, the money line is always going to be the thing where it's just, you. if you bet on the money line, you just need that team to win. So if I bet on the New York Yankees to win uh, versus the Boston Red Sox and the line is minus uh, 110, I would have to risk $11 to win $10. 
So that minus 110, where that comes into play, that is what's called VIG. Vegas does that because it gives them protection for um, if the Yankees were to win, if the Yankees were to lose, they're getting 10 more dollars if the Yankees to lose than they would be paying out if the Yankees were to win. So if the Yankees win, I get $10, but if the Yankees lose, I'm getting, they're getting $11. So they, they, it's a, um, it's a hard market to play in. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that gamble just for fun, just to have action on the game, watch with their friends or family. Um, maybe they're bored, have something to do. There are a lot of people that do gamble to make money. Um, there are people that are called sharps out there that people that think they have an edge against the house, uh, against the odds makers. Um, so more into the professional scene now, there are a lot of instances where there's speculation of athletes throwing games, referees throwing games, umpires, whatever it may be. And one of the most famous scandals that ever came out was in the 19, the 1919 Black Sox, where eight players threw games in the World Series against the Cincinnati Reds. So how that worked is uh, in the 1900s, uh, baseball players weren't exactly making that much money. Um, there was no million-dollar contracts back then, no multi-million-dollar contracts. Um, so the market was tough. You know, they had families to feed too. Um, they were drawing all this viewership and pressure. So the Black Sox were heavy favorites in the World Series at this time and these eight players basically threw money illegally on the Cincinnati Reds to win these games and then they went out there and underperformed because you know they might have risked one dollar to win five dollars or ten thousand to win fifty thousand whatever the numbers may have been uh these players have ever been banned uh they've always been frowned upon and looked down on and then another famous player where there's a lot of controversy behind it is Pete Rose in in 1989 for those of you that don't know, Pete Rose is arguably the greatest hitter to ever play baseball. Um, Pete Rose was found gambling on his own team, the Cincinnati Reds, when he was a manager and player for them. And where the the backlash in this comes for people that support Pete Rose is he was betting on himself. Uh, you know, he wasn't going out there and betting on this person to strike him out three times or this team to beat his team and rolling out his worst lineup for the day. He was just betting on himself. Um, where personally, I don't really see an issue with it. A lot of baseball doesn't see an issue with it. Uh, he would have undoubtedly been a first ballot hall of famer would have gone down as one of, if not the greatest hit, uh, hitters to play in the game. So that is a big case that still resides. Pete Rose is still heavily involved with baseball. He's still one of the most respected men in baseball. Uh, he's an analyst for FS1 during the playoffs with Frank Thomas, Alex Rodriguez, and David Ortiz. Um, and then cycling back to the offshore betting, um, you know, a lot of uh, crime is cut down on, like I mentioned before. Um, a lot of downsides of the legalized betting is, you know, people are in debt. Uh, they're using this money to have fun or try to make a quick bang for their buck instead of maybe investing in their future or uh, putting money away for their children or, you know, for a house, uh, whatever it may be. So that's where the loopholes do come in. And then why the why the economy and sports as a whole is really pushing for the legalization of sports betting. You know, viewership is up ever since sports betting has become legal. Like I said, you might not tune in to a the 0-16 Jaguars versus the 2-14 um, Washington Commanders on Thursday night football, but if you have a fifty dollar lay in the last a fifty dollar parlay in the last team that you need to win is the Jaguars, and if they do win, you make fifteen hundred dollars. You know you're probably going to tune into that game with your family and friends, and it's going to draw a lot more eyes. Um, 
there's a lot of at like in you know young kids going to college um hanging out maybe they're in a big friend group or uh girls in a sorority one in three women in this in the united states do bet so this is not just a market that's targeted for men that's a common misconception um and listen to this statistic. Legal betting is expected to add $22.4 billion to U.S. growth domestic product. And that's from AmericanGaming.org. So this is a um, it's a service to the public in my eyes. Um, you know, you could set – the good thing is with these apps also, there's a lot of pros and cons like I said. Um, but the good thing is you could set a lot of limits on these apps for the amount that you're allowed to deposit a month or a week. And uh, – they're pretty strict on that. Once you set a limit, you have to go through multiple screenings and stuff to um, get past those limits. So if you want to limit yourself to $50 a week, you could go onto the app in your account settings. You can punch it in and uh, they won't let you deposit more than $50 a week. Um, there's a lot of ads on the sites and stuff too that 1-800-GAMBLING if you ever have a problem or um, reach out to like national suicide prevention when people are too far in debt. Um, you know... Uh, Gambling is not to make money in my eyes. Gambling is for fun. Um, you shouldn't bet with what you don't have. Uh, bet with what you're comfortable losing. If you ever walk into a casino or you place a bet, just count on and go in with the mindset that you're not going to get that money back. So if you walk into a casino with $100, you know, never go to the ATM. Be comfortable losing that $100 at worst case scenario. And if you go home with money in your pocket, you know, put on a smile on your face and be grateful. Um, so I want to touch on some of the interviews that I was able to get with some students, um, a psychiatrist, uh, some gamblers themselves, um, one person specific that's really close to me, and then a former NYPD officer that could talk more about the offshore um, gambling scene. So the first person I want to start with is actually my father. My father is a funeral director. He was a funeral director in New York City for most of his life, and now he works more on Long Island. Um, my father actually told me as I was approaching the age of 18 and 21, um, with 18 being, uh, there's some casinos in Long Island where you can gamble at 18. You know, he gave me just a good talk of saying how, um, never bet with what you don't have. Um, like I said before, and that it really is a dark road that many people can go down. Um, yeah, there, the, the highs are high, but the lows are always lower than the, than the highs themselves. Uh, my father actually buried a lot of people from suicide because of gambling debts. Uh, you know, people down 50 to 100 grand, sometimes 200, 300 grand. Um, so that was a really interesting sit down that I had with him. Uh, Tony Giorgio was a former the former top lieutenant in the NYPD police department. He told me a little bit about how um, he has seen like a decrease in situations where people are calling in. Uh, someone's legs getting broken or families getting threatened or held at gunpoint because they owe um, this random bookie Joe or Sal or whoever it may be $50,000. Um, and then another really, really interesting, the last one that I'll touch on in the pot, in the actual recording is uh, Michael Yu, who is my high, cool, my high school psychiatrist. He talked about how he's had sit-downs with many students um, who were even caught gambling in high school. Like I said, offshores, it really is easy for these kind of kids, these young kids to attain uh, sports betting accounts illegally. Um, and where they've had to call home and stuff where, you know, they're running up their mom's credit card or dad's credit card and or even draining their own savings or checking account at such a young age. So um, that's where I'll leave it off with those interviews. Um, just to wrap up, you know, we talked a lot about what sports gambling is, um, how it drives the economy, how it is a good service to the economy. And my over my last overall thoughts is 
I really do think it is a good thing that sports gambling is becoming legalized. I think in hindsight, it's going to cut down on a lot of crime. Um, people need to learn to gamble responsibly. Um, you won't get rich from gambling. You know, there are certain people that will hit a big bet once in a while, but the house will always win. Uh, Vegas will always prevail. Uh, it is fun. It is, is a lot of fun to partake in. Uh, it adds more eyes to the sport when you have money on a game that you might not have watched. Uh, like I said, the odds are stacked against you, but that also entices people to try to beat the house and beat Vegas, um, beat the odds makers to a line, whatever the situation may be. Um, so for that, that's all I have for this episode. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed listening. Um, just wanted to thank Professor Bergardus and Professor Silver for this journey, and I hope everyone enjoyed listening, and that's all I got.